0: This is Geek Gab with your hosts, John, Brian, and me, Daddy Warpig. We are back. Geek Gab episode 100, Saturday, May 27th, 2017. 100 of awesome, excellent, and amazing episodes have gone out over our channel. So I just want to give a big thanks to my uh, two. Co-hosts Brian and John for joining me on this madhouse of a podcast. How's your week, guys?
1: It has been fantastic. Uh, I'm really happy that we made it 200 episodes. This is great.
2: Yeah, uh, seconded. It's uh, it's kind of a shock. I mean, time time flies.
0: I don't think you had published your first book yet when you joined the show.
2: No, I was still working on Ethereal.
0: We had
1: you on initially to talk about your you just had a story published in Sci-Fi Journal, I think.
2: Yeah. And it's, that, that was back in 2015.
1: Holy uh. cow, 2015. I didn't realize it's been two years.
2: Yeah, how did we keep this up that long? I mean, it's fun, obviously.
0: Yeah, we actually started the show in 2014.
2: Wow.
0: Uh, we just took uh, some months off uh, over one summer because we were having persistent technical problems. Um, which is a shock. I know all the people listening in, they hear about this show having technical problems and they are floored. They are flabbergasted. They simply cannot believe that such a thing is even possible. But let me reassure you, not only is it possible, it actually happened. So we had to shut down production for, I think, four months while we tried to get stuff worked out. Um, And then... Eventually, I had to rip out all the software for it, uninstall Chrome and a bunch of other stuff and reinstall it. And that's the only thing that could get it working. So.
2: Uh, well, persistent technical problems. Is there any other kind?
1: <laughs> I've got a new problem. Uh, Daddy Warpick, I don't know what's uh, going on with your mic setup lately, but you've got a little bit of an echo. Which is fine because when you. When you said 100 episode, it had that echo, and I just felt it, the impact.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea.
1: We'll run with it.
0: Uh, and
2: As a sound effect, Is uh, running it through <laughs> a delay pedal <laughs> uh, And,
1: and the, the show's been so much fun that we had so much stuff to talk about that we split off two other shows just... To talk about specific topics,
2: we did. Yeah, we've got uh, a Geek gab on the books with me talking about writing stuff, and then got heat gab game night. I'll tell the new people a little bit about that. That's exciting. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Just nope. <laughs> Well, we do that, too. <laughs> um, all right. Let's... Uh,
0: I went out this morning, and even though it was our 100th episode, I decided that uh, I ought to do something. So I went out, and I watched the new Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. So in the interests of in the interests of having an actual episode before we get into all the reminiscing, or I guess now after we get into all the reminiscing, I saw the movie, and I have several opinions about it. Um, I want to begin by saying this: they actually did a really good job with the trailers. Because normally trailers will spoil a ton of things that are in the movie, including critical plot points that occur later in the movie. But all of the stuff that they put in the trailers, for the most part, was in the first few minutes of the movie. And so the last, you know, 70% of the movie was almost almost entirely new stuff that you hadn't seen before, which means they didn't spoil any of it for you. You won't. You didn't know for sure what plot twists were coming. You didn't know how things were going to go. And it was nice to go to a movie that didn't ruin itself in the trailers. Um, so here's the problem. Everybody, or almost everybody, loved the first pirates of the Caribbean, Curse the Black Pearl, because it was fun, it was cool, it was imaginative, and it was very, very different. A couple weeks ago, we were talking on the show about how it was, uh, I had mentioned about how it was actually a backup script that got repurposed as Pirates of the Caribbean. I have since found out that it was actually a backup script for a... Tales of Monkey Island movie. Now, Tales of Monkey Island is an adventure, um, an adventure uh, game done by Lucas Arts at their height of their adventure game craze before they just went all Star Wars, and it's about a tall, gangly, clumsy guy by the name of Guybrush Threepwood who wants to become a pirate. It ends up tangling with a undead pirate. So Orlando Bloom's character William Turner is actually was originally supposed to be guy Brush Threepwood from the video game and Barbosa who the captain of the Black Pearl is supposed to be the undead pirate from Tales from Monkey Island. So they took a script made for a movie about a video game, completely remade it into a movie about a theme park ride. That sounds like a recipe for disaster. No one would predict that to be a path that would lead to cinematic excellence, and yet, the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie was great, primarily, primarily because of Captain Jack Sparrow. The character of Captain Jack Sparrow was so interesting, um, so colorful, and I don't actually know if that character had any uh, any equal, any uh, parallel in Tales from Monkey Island, but in the Curse of the Black Pearl, which is 14 years ago, folks, 2003, uh, he was great. He just did a, an awesome job. Johnny Depp playing that character did an incredible job. The rest of the cast was was good, too. You know, the backup players they had, the backup characters they had, they all added interesting stuff. The movie was well thought out. It, was, it had a strong uh, internal consistency, and it was just a lot of fun. People loved Captain Jack Sparrow so much as a character that they kept on making Pirates of the Caribbean movies long after the magic had mostly faded. So I watched this movie, and unfortunately there were a few major mistakes and annoyances right at the beginning that kind of put me in a bad mood for watching the movie, and that lasted for a good long time. I'm going to talk about a, a couple of the uh, start startup, a couple of the, of the mistakes they made right at the beginning. The Flying Dutchman shows up, uh, and if you don't remember the Flying Dutchman, it's that sunken ship where the crew is slowly having pieces of their body being replaced by sea creatures. So they're no longer human. They now have fish heads and shark heads and and crab claws for hand, so on and so forth. But I never liked that ship. I never liked the concept of it. I never liked the appearance of it. I thought it was dumb then, and it's dumb now. And it just shows up out of the blue for um, to set up kind of an overarching plot to give the main character, who is William Turner's son, it shows up to give William Turner's son his impetus through the movie, to establish why he's doing what he's doing. And so, in terms of writing a script, in terms of plotting a story, it's not a bad, necessarily a bad choice, but it's still. Um, I just I didn't like it at all. I mean, the, in the, when it showed up in Pirates of the Caribbean 2. it just seemed too much, just too much, and the idea was kind of dumb. So that put me off in a in a bad mood right from the beginning. And then this uh, this character Henry Turner, um, played by a complete uh, an actor who's completely unknown to me, Brenton Thwaites. Um, I have no idea. Have either of you guys heard of anything else he's been in?
2: No. Never heard of him before.
0: Okay, apparently he was in Gods of Egypt, uh, Oculus. I've actually seen Oculus and Maleficent, but I don't remember him from either of those. So he's not a really memorable uh, actor, at least as far as the movies I've I've seen him in. Um, He was in Gods of Egypt, which I haven't seen, and, and several other movies, but I don't remember him at all. In any case, Brenton Thwaites is plays William Turner, who is um, again Will Turner's son, and he is aboard. Um, this is the second thing that really irritated me. They've got a Royal Navy vessel, and he breaks out of his position and runs all the way through the cri- all the way through the ship and starts shouting some crazy stuff at the captain. Now. It kind of irritated me because the Royal Navy doesn't play games like that. If you stepped out of line that much, they would just execute you on the ship after a drumhead court-martial. They were very, very harsh. They had very harsh discipline because they had to. Have you ever seen Master and Commander on the High Seas, um, which is an excellent movie about the Royal British Navy? Yeah. Um You'll know what I mean. I mean, they just, they had to execute people in order to keep discipline. So if you didn't keep discipline aboard the ship, people died. If people didn't carry out their jobs exactly as they were supposed to, when they were supposed to, people died. And and you can say, well, that's a small thing. It's Pirates of the Caribbean. They've never been all that, you know, all that interested in those details. It, it still was just really, really sloppy. It was really, really badly done. And they didn't even pretend like, This was literally a lethal thing he was doing, that he was literally going to get the death penalty by the captain almost immediately for stepping on a line like this. There's no weight to it. If there had been a weight that, oh, this is a serious thing you're doing right now, it might have been more interesting. And they're trying to make it thrilling. It wasn't comic. they were trying to make it thrilling and dangerous and, oh, no, something bad's happened. And they squandered it through... Not just bad screenwriting, but a complete um, refusal to bring into the script some of the realities that would have made the rest of the fantasy seem more grounded. Um, Again, the, the myths that go into the Pirates of the Caribbean movies aren't even, they're just made up whole cloth. By and large, they have no connection to actual pirates or actual pirate myths or actual superstitions. And I can't help but thinking the movies would be better if they did draw on those kinds of uh, superstitions of the Caribbean or whatever. Because as it is, they just feel like a fantasy movie where there's no there's no solid earth underneath your feet. There's nothing grounded. You have no idea what's going to happen or what's not going to happen or what should happen or shouldn't happen. So everything that happens just feels, It entire movie feels like they're just pulling it out of their bottom. Um, they explain, and again, these are all things right at the beginning. These are the things I'm thinking, literally writing down in my notepad right at the beginning. They give an explanation as to why the movie is called Dead Men Tell No Tales. But it's stupid. It's a stupid explanation. It's a groan worthy explanation. And it's clear that the only reason why they threw this one line of dialogue in there was just so the movie's subtitle would make sense because the movie subtitle makes no sense. It's an allusion to, you know, pirate stuff, pirate culture, but it made no sense as the subtitle to this movie. Um, so. It was a dumb explanation. The next thing they introduced was eye-rolling idiocy. It was um, a series of things that have become cliché. The main character, Henry Turner, has a love interest whose name is Karina Smith. And she's played by an actress that I've seen before in other things, but... um, Oh, she was in the Maze Runner movies. If you have seen the Maze Runner movies, they have one girl who gets thrown into this big, huge camp with all the boys. That was her. That actress plays uh, a character named Karina Smith in this movie. And she... They introduce her by her being accused of being a witch and then told... That she's going to be hanged tomorrow, and she says, "I'm not a witch, I'm a woman of science." Uh, what?
2: <laughs>
0: it again?
1: Just did everybody in the theater just groan when that happened?
0: I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. I was trying to get it written down so I would remember it for the show. (laughs) I'm like, that's it. That's going in my notes. I have to mention that. Look, I understand these are fantasy movies and that they have very little connection or almost no connection with what the real world of piracy or the real world of this time period was like. And yet at the same time, the last thing you need to do is to drag in uh, lines that could have been written by Neil deGrasse Tyson or... um, that kind of freaky looking guy who's, uh, who used to be doing a science show but is now doing bad stuff on, um, Netflix. Um, Bill Nye. Yeah. Or, or Bill Nye. So.
1: See, I was always a Beakman's World kind of kid. Or maybe Mr. Mm-hmm. Wizard.
0: Yeah. It just. It's painful because it's so stupid. Nobody of that time would speak like that. No character should speak of themselves like that. It's just there because the screenwriter didn't have, the screenwriter is under an obligation to make sure that this is a strong female character. And the only way he knows to make her a strong female character is to make someone who is utterly incapable of admitting their wrong or apologizing when they've made egregious mistakes or having her make something like this that a modern day audience of people who care more about ideology than they do about a good story will just go, Oh, she's really a woman of science. That's so awesome. That's so beautiful. Science was so persecuted. And they they Mm -hmm. call it a witch and witches were so persecuted. That's so awful. I'm so hurt. Go, you go girl. And that's what it's pandering to. That's all it is. It's pandering. It was a leaden line tossed in, just to pander to a certain part of the audience. It, it it was eye-rolling idiocy. Um, it's followed by a chase scene where that goes on forever, where they rob a bank, where these pirates rob a bank. Now I I want to be very specific in my language here. They don't actually rob the bank. They steal the bank.
1: Just right off the foundations?
0: Yes. They hook ropes up to a big team of horses, a lot of horses, like 10 horses, I think, and pull the entire bank with them. Now, they didn't mean to be pulling the entire bank with them. They meant just to be grabbing the safe, but they end up stealing the bank.
2: See, you've you've just told me that you saw a movie where pirates rob a bank, and yet somehow I'm completely uninterested. I don't know how they managed to do that.
0: Yeah. Um, The scene goes on way, way too long. It, it, it's way boring because it's completely divorced from reality. I mean, at some point they're like, you know, go to port. And, and they turn this team of horses and somehow they cut away from this because they must have realized, I can't actually show this on screen, somehow they managed to corner with the bank. Wow. I, I don't know how they did it. Nobody knows how they did because they didn't show it. it. They're trying to make it seem exciting, but it just goes on too damn long.
2: Yeah, the... The pitch, pirates rob a bank, should be the definition of fun, right? Yeah. And pirates steal stuff. You know what would be you know what I was thinking about a, a pirate movie that delves into actual Caribbean lore? They should do one of these that's just all about bacon. Now now hear me out. You've so you have heard the term buccaneer. Yes. It's a synonym for pirate, right? Yes. But basically it means someone who makes bacon. Because they would like, um, they would stop at these little islands and stock them up with, you know, with livestock, and you know let them graze, and then come back a, a while later, and you know slaughter a pig that they had there, or something, and then smoke the meat on on the shore on racks. So ships would come by to resupply, like take on water, and bacon, and Sometimes the Buccaneers would just sell them supplies, and sometimes they're feeling feisty. If they thought they could get away with it, they would board and rob the ships. Um, You you could work bacon into a pirate movie and have it be historically accurate. So
0: she says to another character... She says to another character, what? You've read the arcane texts? Or it might be ancient texts. I can't read my own handwriting here. You've read the ancient texts? As in the ancient books? And I'm wincing in pain because these people are too lazy to even come up with fake names for books that would somehow make the world seem more real or more grounded. They just have to say the arcane text. You couldn't even borrow the names of books from Lovecraft or whomever else?
2: Yeah, in a public domain.
0: I mean, oh, I, I, in fact, I was just watching, just reading one of Larry Korea's books, and he has in that book itself a, uh, a fake, completely made-up, arcane text that he bothers to give a name for so that um, people who read it will actually have a little bit of, you know, a little bit of flavor, something interesting, something that can, you know, give you a feel for what the universe is. And they couldn't even do that. They couldn't even take five seconds. They couldn't even take five seconds to to pick up, to fake some kind of name to make it seem exotic, to make it seem interesting, to make it, you know, feel like about ancient history texts or ancient, you know, mystical tomes or whatever. The, the people who scripted the movie, in the beginning at least, didn't do anything to make the movie any better than they absolutely had to. They didn't put in the work to make the movie any better than they absolutely had to. Okay, here's the name of the book from Larry Correa's uh, novel. Skia Thanatu, which means shadow of death. Mm. Now, just think about how much flavor, about how much feel that book adds. It's a great title. When you know just the fake title, Skiathana to, it feels, you know, mysterious, ominous. And yet, they couldn't even do that. They couldn't even try to do that. Um, and of course, they steal a line from, um, they steal a concept from J.R.R. Tolkien, which is, oh, you have a map that cannot be read by no man. And she says, well, it's a good thing I'm no man.
2: Um <laughs> so it's a combination of the moon runes and Awen. Oh wow. And
0: uh, Paul McCartney shows up in a completely pointless um, and kind of stupid um, cameo. He's just there for a little bit. I mean, at least when they had Keith Richards in the movie as Jack Sparrow's father, he was a great character. He, mm-hmm. on screen, he had great presence. He looked like someone tough, rough, who could be a pirate. I'm sorry. Um, Paul McCartney does have now and has always had a baby face. He doesn't look like a pirate. He looks like a cook wearing pirate's clothes. All right? He looks like a chubby cook wearing pirate's clothes. Um, so... I guess it was too much
1: to ask that they'd cast him as like a a British captain or or shipman on on one of the English vessels,
0: or quartermaster, or you know a merchant, a, a rich shopkeeper, anybody that that other than trying to make him uh, uh, Jack Sparrow's uncle. That's who he shows up as, Jack Sparrow's uncle. Um. All right. I this is when I stopped keeping notes because those are all the things I wanted to, uh, because your
1: brain malfunctioned after that point of the movie,
0: <laughs> they r- really front loaded a lot of bad stuff that made me, um, really dislike the movie. And after this certain point, it stopped being as bad. It got better. After about a third of the way in, it got better. The action was a little bit more interesting. It didn't go on forever. Despite it having ghosts in it, it was less unrealistic than the bank thing. And there was actually some interesting stuff going on. I would say this movie is the second best of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Um, It's not superb. It's not a movie that you would run out and tell the people that they had to go see, which the first Pirates of the Caribbean was, but it's not a terrible movie. And I've seen far, far worse movies. Of course, it's got a you know an immense budget, and the special effects are pretty much impeccable. And but, you know, it's just uh they front-loaded so much annoying, tin-eared, poorly thought-out stuff that it made. It, it put me in a bad mood for the rest of the movie, and it took the movie a while to put in enough okay stuff for me to get out of that bad mood. I will say this. At the end of the movie, there is kind of a point to it, which is I always felt like Will Turner and um, Kira Knightley, I can't remember her, her character's name right now, Um, Uh,
1: Elizabeth Swan.
0: Elizabeth Swan, thank you. I always felt that Will Turner and Elizabeth Swan had kind of a crappy ending at the end of number three, where he was doomed to only step on land once every ten years. And I thought that was kind of the... that they got jobbed by the script, that they got kind of screwed over by the script of the third movie. And I thought that was a bad ending for those two characters. And this movie exists or I can accept its existence predicated on the fact that they change the situation enough to give them a better ending as a couple. So it kind of draws at least at the end of the movie, it draws their story to a close in a far more satisfying way. So I can excuse them to, uh, I can excuse the existence of the movie based on that is it allows them to have, um, it allows them to have a good ending to their story, or at least a better ending than what they got. So, um, the second two thirds of the movie get better. They've got some good action scenes. They've got some interesting stuff that happens. Um, And so, if the things I've talked about don't annoy you enough to make you just hate the movie and never want to see it, or if uh, you can sit through the first third in the interest of getting to the last two thirds, or if they don't annoy you at all, you know, then you can probably watch this movie uh, and and have a good time. If you like the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, it's certainly better than um, two and three and it's a little bit better than four. So not a great movie, but not the worst thing I've ever seen. And the, the nice thing is, is that all of the stupid things right from the beginning, uh, like her saying, I'm a woman of science, yada, 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 they, they don't really carry that through. You can imagine that being a constant theme in the rest of the movie where she's continually banging on about this and they're continually trying to make her look better than everybody else and make all the other characters look incompetent so that she looks better? Because that's happened in movies. That's happened in The Force Awakens as an example. But they didn't do that. Uh, She is actually wrong and she does actually have to face up to the fact that her scientific beliefs are not correct because she runs into a literal crew of ghosts. And it is she's not the always right, all powerful, solve everything character that I just got the sinking pit in my, in the you know bottom of my stomach for uh, when she started that folder roll about witches and, and so on and so forth. So they did not go full Mary Sue with the character. In fact, she just has some unpleasant character traits, which translate into strong female character for Hollywood, but would just make her kind of headstrong and obnoxious and, um, self-important as far as the audience is concerned. Any questions?
1: Yeah. How did you, how did you make it through the fourth movie to even get here?
0: I like the fourth movie better than the second and third movies. Um, because it didn't have the flying Dutchman to start with, which I just thought was idiotic. I hated that ship. I hated the concept of that ship. Uh, I loved Ian McShane, and I thought Ian McShane needs to have bigger parts and better parts, and I thought that they shortchanged Blackbeard, that the movie would have been much, much better if they had let Blackbeard run wild in it and made him the primary antagonist and, and let him actually do stuff. Um, he would have he would have run wild all over that movie and would have been really, really awesome. If they let him be as powerful as he could be as a character and let Ian McShane be powerful as he could be as an actor, he would have been daunting. He would have been someone daunting for, for Jack Sparrow to face because he's he would be this kind of elemental force of nature, this terrifying um, pirate, super pirate, um, you know, almost a god of the sea. And Jack Sparrow would have just been... Um, dodging left and right to avoid being crushed by it, and they did not give him that chance. Uh, and so that's where I felt like the fourth movie, where its weaknesses were, is that they focused too much on the Jack Sparrow's romance and not enough on Blackbeard.
2: just say wait for Netflix on this one? Uh, It depends. If
0: you like Pirates of the Caribbean movie, go see it in the theaters. It's not a waste of time. Um, But if the things I've talked about really annoy you, then yeah, go wait for Netflix because you're not uh, they're not going to be less annoying in the theater, I'm guessing, than they were in my review. Um, So I don't know. I enjoyed the movie. I but the movie had to overcome a bunch of its own flaws in order to get to a point where I enjoyed it. And I've still enjoyed other pirate movies much, much more. So that's my, uh, yeah, that's all the thoughts I have about dead men tell no tales. Um,
1: this is a nice rarity, a movie that's instead of being great, see it or terrible, it's kind of, eh.
0: hmm. yeah, I can't give it a, I can't give it a great recommendation. Um, I don't know. See, this is our hundredth episode, and my difficulty was I kept on trying to think of something great and really legendary we could do for our hundredth episode, and none of us came up with anything practical. all um, had an idea.
1: I, I had a couple of hilariously bad ideas. <laughs> Uh, let's see. The rejected ideas include uh, playing a game on stream, which is actually something people have uh, requested a couple of times, but uh, not for an audio stream. Maybe we'd have to do a separate special show for that because that would involve actual video.
0: Like, they are they talking like a tabletop game or?
1: I, I think I think a lot of people are asked to do a tabletop game like an RPG session or a board game. Uh, I would love to do a video game as well an, an online game would be perfect Just uh, just hang out and play Diablo or uh, overwatch or whatever That one sounds like a lot of fun the the, the other uh, hilarious rejected idea was uh, putting together a script and doing a radio play with the three of us playing. Various characters.
2: Oh. Or, yeah, I can uh, or, get behind that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Any other hilariously bad ideas?
2: Well, my idea was to have every guest we've ever had on and do like a marathon eight-hour stream. <laughs> like as long as Google will let you. <laughs> so it's understandably quashed pretty early.
1: Or, uh, Or we get Invite a few of the other older guests on and do a roast of Daddy War Pig and and us.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, I tried to get a couple of guests to come on the show. Uh, unfortunately, it was very last minute, so neither of them uh, could come on. They're both very very busy, uh, and I'm not going to mention their names because I don't want uh, I, I don't want it to seem like I'm complaining or, or pointing them out. I, I very much appreciate them uh, even responding to me at this late date. Uh, and I completely understand uh, why they couldn't come on. So, but I did try. It was too late, but I did try. <laughs> um, so, I'm trying to catch up on the chat now. I'm reading through the chat. Do we have any questions or comments?
2: Um, yeah, when is Razor Fist coming back? Is the number one question.
0: Uh, they're. We have no idea. There is nothing currently scheduled. Uh, In fact, uh, all of our... At one point, we had a huge list of guests coming on. We had like six or seven of them. And and they've all either come on or uh, not been able to come on for one reason or another. So we don't have any plans right now. In the future, we don't have any near future plans for specific guests, big names or otherwise. If that changes, we'll let you know. Are, Are there any other questions
1: uh someone's asking about our podcast schedule apparently the latest game night uh, episode isn't on the podcast networks yet
0: yes it hasn't been uploaded to soundcloud so people can download it yet that is true um and that is uh i guess technically it's my fault but um
1: well, this is good news. I didn't. I didn't know anybody was waiting for it to come on. So.
0: <laughs> I've had uh, extenuating circumstances the last two or three days uh, that has kept me from doing things immediately. Um,
1: uh, we're getting support for the radio play idea. We're gonna have Razor <laughs> Fist direct it, and and you're gonna get to be the shadow DW. Uh,
0: I thought Razor Fist was going to be the shadow.
1: That's what they say. I mean, they say he has a great shadow laugh. He does. I think Daddy Warpig would be the villain, for sure. Um. After all, he gets caught monologuing on this show all the time.
2: Zing! <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> you should go, everybody should go listen to the Shadow Radio play <laughs> that Razorfist and a bunch of his uh, YouTube friends did for Halloween. They actually dug up an, an old script for Lost Episode and and produced it. It's phenomenal. Um,
0: I actually saw another movie this week. It was awful. It was terrible. Uh, it was like legendarily mediocre. Um, like mediocre in that way that it's not so bad that you can laugh at it because it's so bad it's funny or entertaining. It was just mediocre. It was just a poor concept carried out poorly with bad special effects that made no sense. It was a zombie apocalypse movie. And the very first thing you think of after watching the movie for about five or 10 minutes, the very first thing I thought of is all you people deserve to die, and most of you are. Most of you are going to. Um, the characters were idiots. All of them were idiots. They all did stupid things. And and in point of fact, as is the tradition zombie movies, most of them died. And uh, there were... I don't know. If people... The movie is called Viral. I saw it on Netflix. Um, and I want to spoil two parts of this for you because they're so terrible that I just have to get them out on the air. So if, if you have seen, if you want to see viral, but don't want it spoiled, then, you know, fast forward just a little bit. There's a zombie apocalypse going on, and these two sisters are incredibly close, and they are good friends, and they love each other a lot, and the boyfriend of one of the sisters comes to the house and finds out that his girlfriend has been Locked in the bathroom with big wooden boards nailed over the doorway in the zombie apocalypse. So,
1: this this only means one thing
0: his reaction is to stick his arm through a gap in
2: the boards. Oh, really? Yes. He doesn't deserve now, what he's going to get.
0: Yes, exactly.
2: That's exactly
0: it. All of these characters deserve the bad stuff that happened to them. <laughs> and so he gets killed. She grabs his arm, almost tears it off, eats him. He he gets killed. Shocking of all shocks. Now, I, I don't know. I've never actually been in a zombie apocalypse. I can't say how I personally would really literally react to a dead person or a highly infected person who you can catch this disease just by blood or or saliva or something. And you know it's going around. You have literally seen people being eaten. I don't know how I would react to that in the real world, but I would like to think if I saw one woman board up a room in which her sister that she cares more about than just about anybody else in the world that I would have the presence of mind to maybe consider that this woman that was behind the boards might possibly be dangerous. I might think, I might have the presence of mind to go, well, I want to find out what's going on. I, I'm going to leave her there for right now. Express my regrets and then go talk to the other sister and maybe just see that there might be a reasonable explanation for her being locked in a room behind a ton of boards. Now, is it possible? Would that thought cross your mind? Is that reasonable?
2: It crossed mine because I've, I can't count how many better zombie <laughs> movies that were made in someone's backyard on the handicap I've seen then that movie sounds.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, w- wouldn't that thought be a reasonable thought to cross your mind as a person, is to think, well, maybe I should go talk to the other sister and find out what's going on before sticking your arm in this room? I don't know. That just seemed like a really reasonable response to me. Um, another point in the movie is these zombies have nesting behaviors they're kind of like a mix of the clickers from The Last of Us and the vampires from Will Smith's I Am Legend. Like, literally. They they make little clicking sounds to locate people, and then they all get together in the same room and stand around breathing, and the girl shines her light, and they don't notice it. It isn't until they make sound that they the, the zombies notice them. Uh, only there's worms. There's like these two-foot-long worms that come out of their ears. It's just undescribably awful, but They show a point of view shot from a military drone flying over the city using infrared, or maybe it's a helicopter or a jet or whatever, using infrared to locate clusters of people that are typical of those who are in nests, so they can target them and blow them up. Now, I myself would tend to think that you would use a drone or something like that, or maybe an Apache gunship or whatever, but instead, what they have the military doing is flying B-2 bombers so low and slow over the city that they can be seen from rooftops, flying B-2 bombers and carpet bombing the city. So this is the military's response to seeing two houses in an entire neighborhood that have nests of vampires is to launch an arc-like arc-like strike. On the city and then dumbest movement dumbest moment I have seen in forever the two main characters who have survived run out of the house where a zombie nest was located and as they go out of the house they jump towards a pool and the house explodes and a B 2 bomber flies overhead, flies through the shot as they're jumping into the pool. And they jump into the pool and are completely safe from ammunition. From bombs. The bombs. Wow. So viral as far as being a movie, that's its name, Viral. By the way, nothing in the movie is a virus, nothing. There are no viruses in the movie. It's a parasite.
1: Yeah, but it's viral. It's a viral parasite.
0: <laughs> no such thing as a... <laughs> um So Viral doesn't have any viruses. It has parasites. And I'm betting the movie itself didn't go viral because nobody liked it. You're in the middle of a zombie apocalypse that you know people are getting disease transmitted by blood. The military has given you food so you can hole up in your house and have a weak supply of food plus a, a, a lantern that that you can spin and it'll get charged and all that stuff. And what do you do? You, you go to a party... In a house, an underground rave in a house that's just being built. Of course, that's of course what you're going to do. After seeing your best friend fall down and die, and then get up and bite another student and kill them, of course you're going to go out of the house to this rave. It's it's inane. The characters behave like idiots, and they. Uh, they all, all of them who died deserve to die, and some who survived also deserve to die. <laughs> so. Yeah. Terrible, 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 terrible. I, uh...
1: But, the, like, that's the difference between, like, a proper horror movie and a stupid slasher, because when you watch those slasher movies with the dumb kids, you're like, haha, they deserve getting killed by the axe murderer. But that's not effective horror, it's just kind of Silly entertainment.
0: See, and that's the thing is I can at least say Pirates of the Caribbean, comparing it to viral. I think you need to do this from time to time. Watch a really bad movie so you can appreciate what's good about movies that are flawed. Pirates of the Caribbean had great performances from Geoffrey Rush, from Drama Adep, Um Depp. And Geoffrey Watch has a really big part. Captain Barbossa has a really big part in this movie. Um, if Blackbeard had had as big a part in number four, it would have been a much better movie. And then, so it has great performances, or at least credible performances from the backup players. It has absolutely stunning and impeccable special effects instead of cheap and fake-looking special effects. The, you know, it did so much right that when you compare it to a movie like Viral, that the movie like Viral just gets wrong. Uh, that, that I and mean, I'm not even saying they did it on purpose. This isn't a cheesy horror movie like Birdemic where they're purposely making a bad movie. Or Sharknado, which I talked about a few weeks ago, where they're purposely making a bad movie. They weren't purposely making a bad movie. They were trying to make the best zombie movie they could. And they just didn't have the chops in screenwriting, in uh, acting, in you know, special effects, whatever. They just didn't have the chops to pull off a competent movie. Um, so it's sad, but, you know, there is a difference between a movie like Pirates of the Caribbean, which is not, does not rise to the level of the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie, but is still aeons better than something like viral. So. I the thing is, we we did our, like, two-year anniversary a couple months ago, and... Um We did all the reminiscing then that we were really going to do. I'm not really big on reminiscing. But
2: I was looking forward looking forward
1: to bad movies, Bad games.
0: <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd like to go see a movie that was so incredible. I could come to the show and just you know gush about it and say how awesome it was. I'd love that. That'd be great. Uh, I'm aware that that is rare, but at the same time, you know, I'm just waiting for. I guess the next thing I can really look forward to is Dunkirk, um, by Christopher Nolan. Um, there's a, you know, there's a bunch of other movies coming out that might be good, might be bad. Wonder Woman is coming out, I think, next week. Um, there's a large number of other movies coming out, but I'm not really excited for any of them, especially the DC movies. Um, so, <sighs> yeah. Um, any last thoughts before we sign off?
1: Well, I'm glad that we made it 200 episodes. Here's to another more, guys. Uh, I love talking with you guys every week or so, and uh, it's good. And thanks to everybody for listening.
2: Here, here. Thanks to our listeners. Thanks to David, Picking Door and All for inviting me on and then letting me stay. Now that this is an honor and a privilege, it was a lot of fun. Here's 100 more.
0: Um, well, time to do my normal spiel, whether you've uh, listened to the show or not. We're available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and the Google Play Store. Just do a search for Geek Gab, And we're, of course, available on YouTube.com GeekGab. Um, this is our 100th episode. We appreciate everyone who has joined us along the way, who's been listening along the way. Uh, all 100 episodes are available on YouTube for download, and they will get, uh, let me be perfectly honest, folks, they get pro- progressively worse the further back in time you go. But that's only because we're getting better every single week. And so... Um, But we've had some great shows. We've had some landmark shows. We've had some great guests. Our ninth episode, episode number nine, we had Larry Correa come on the show, which was was awesome. Uh, We had uh, Adam Baldwin, John C. Wright, uh, Adam Baldwin, the Hollywood actor, John C. Wright, uh, Razor Fist. We've had a a huge number of guests. And... um, you know, we're we're looking forward to having more people on the show, uh, more guests on the show, doing more great and interesting reviews. And of course, Geek Gab Now is not just one podcast, it's now a podcast network we have on the books and game night, both available. And both of them have their own separate playlist uh under the channel here on YouTube, so you can listen to them. And both of them get syndicated, of course, through the podcast feed. Although The most recent episode of Game Night has not yet been sent out. I will get to that this afternoon. You can, uh, if you want to get email announcements of when shows are scheduled uh, or when we're going to go live so that you can show up and hang out in the chat and talk. There's a huge, by the way, there's a huge discussion in the chat right now. During the show, they've been talking about the difficulty of micromanaging command and control with modern-day communications as far as the presidency micromanaging military deployments and special forces missions, and even sometimes exactly what happens on those missions. I kid you not, that conversation was going on in the chat during the show. They cover a whole bunch of interesting uh, interesting ideas and concepts in the chat, and uh, if you come in and listen to a slide, you get to participate and also ask questions that we may or may not have answers for, and we may or may not actually tell them to you. So if you want the announcements, you can participate in the chat, and it's available for all three of the shows. You need to double-secret subscribe because that's the way YouTube does it click the subscribe button, and then there's going to be a little bell. Click on the bell again. That's your double secret subscribe. That will allow you to receive email announcements about our channel, so you can know when they're going live. You can come on and participate in the chat, ask us questions. We appreciate, of course, all of our listeners who have been listening to the show for however long you've been listening, whether this is your first episode, or your 50th, or even your 100th. We appreciate you uh, for listening, and Again, we, we really, really hope to continue doing this for as long as it remains something cool, as long as it remains something that is uh, interesting to you, our audience. We're signing off for today. We are leaving. We are uh, cruelly walking away from our microphones. There will be no more show today. But don't fret, folks, because I promise we will be back.